beloved, you are listening to Grace Life Comey Podcast, a platform commissioned by God to raise men into completeness in Christ Jesus. We believe that you will be blessed beyond measure as you give yourself wholly to this divinely inspired teaching. Through God's servant Pastor Chimdi Ohahuna. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. Be lifted up, Lord. Be exalted. We thank you for another time to share fellowship in your presence. We appreciate you because we know you are sure to do us good tonight. We thank you because we know you are here with us, sweet Holy Spirit. Thank you because we know we shall get depths of revelations from your word tonight that shall transform our spirits, souls, and bodies. Thank you, Lord God Almighty. Blessed be your name forever. Be glorified, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. We give God thanks and praise for another time of fellowship in his presence. Amen to Jesus. We appreciate the Lord for um, the third miracle of Jesus. By the grace of God, we... um, from the 23rd of March this year, we began looking at the miracles of Jesus, and um, we've been on the first two miracles of Jesus for um, about six months, and uh, we began on the third miracle of Jesus. And um, we trust God for a great time of fellowship in His presence. Um, we want to welcome everyone joining us from, um, from all the social media platforms you're joining us from, and from all over the world you're joining us from. We want to say, be God bless you. We want to say we appreciate your time, and we appreciate your investment into the kingdom of God. Amen to Jesus. Um, especially um, thank, special thanks to um, um, everyone who has been um, listening to us on um, all the podcast channels, Spotify, and every of the podcast platforms. We say the good Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, today we are looking at the third miracle of Jesus. And um, um, the third miracle of Jesus, um, this was a miracle. It, we, 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 from studies, we discovered that Jesus did about 40 miracles, you know, as documented in the Gospels. And uh, we are not going outside the Gospels. Everything outside the Gospel is heretic. Praise God forevermore. So we are staying within the confines of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Praise God forevermore. So the third miracle done by Jesus, as recorded by the Gospel of John is the healing of the man who was sick for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. The healing of the man who was sick for 38 years at the pool of Bethesda. Praise God forevermore. Now this is recorded in John chapter 5 verse 1 to 9. Looking at John chapter 2, we see um, the miracle of the wedding feast where Jesus turned water into wine. And John chapter 4, we see the miracle of Jesus healing um, a noble man's son. Amen to Jesus. And now we are in John chapter 5. And we trust God for a great time of fellowship. We trust God for insight, for revelation. We trust God for a time of of, um, digging deep into his word. So John chapter 5, verse 1 to 9, we're going to read quickly so we can get um, clarity as we go on. It says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. This feast was not precisely um, 
um, spelt out, praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And we need to understand something that Jesus always went to Jerusalem for feast. Praise God forevermore. When he's done with the feast, he's out of Jerusalem, going all around, doing good. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, and God was with him. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. So his business was about go, go, was all about going about doing good. And so he only came into Jerusalem when there was a feast. And when the feast is over, he leaves Jerusalem again. It says now there is a Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Praise God forevermore. So we're going to be looking at something very important here. We're going to be looking at um, um, the um, the pool, the sheep market, the pool, and um, the five porches. Amen to Jesus. As we go on in this study, we'll be looking at all of these. Three says, in this lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Glory to God. Now, so this, um, the category of people who laid here were the impotent folks. And impotent means they were weak. Um, so weak in their body. They were weak in their body. Praise God forevermore. The halt and those that were withered. Withered means, you know, a part of their body was was kind of dead was dead amen to jesus what we can also call paralysis praise god forevermore we know the, the miracle of jesus healing the man with a withered hand amen to jesus praise god forevermore hallelujah to jesus all right so they're waiting for the moving of the water they were waiting for the moving of the water amen to jesus it says for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now, so this was an appointment. They had an appointment with the angel. But the challenge here was that they, 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 they didn't know the exact day he would come, but it was in a season. Praise God forevermore. So the operations of God are in seasons. Um, they are seasonal. Amen to Jesus. And so um, they waited for the season where the angel comes to trouble the water. This means that the angel does not come every day. And this was one of the challenge that had to do with such kind of, you know, operations of God, such kind of miracles. It has to be in seasons. And so you cannot just expect it on a daily basis. That's a blessing of the New Testament where the message of God are new every morning. Even though from the Old Testament we see that scripture, um, the, um, the servant of the Lord never says the message are new every morning. Praise God forevermore. Uh, but the, from the revelation of um, Jesus, it makes us understand that um, you, don't, you don't need to wait for a season for a miracle. Praise God forevermore. The miracle appears when Jesus appears. Praise God forevermore. And that was what actually happened here. Amen to Jesus. All right. Now, so whosoever first steps into the troubled water, he gets healed. So it was now also another challenge here, the challenge of first come, first serve. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. And these were limitations to these operations of the miraculous engendered by angels. Amen to Jesus. Amen. All right. Now, we, we know we, of many people who are waiting for angels to appear to them, angels who stir the pool, angels who do things. Angels are ministering servants to minister for the heads of salvation. Very sure. That is precise. But that is not the operation of God 
as it were, to meet us, to meet us at the point of our needs. Praise God forevermore. The operations of God to meet us at the point of our need is through the revelation of Christ Jesus. Because if you have to wait for an angel, then you have to wait for seasons before you can get miracles. Are you get what I'm saying? But when Jesus appears, miracles has appeared. The Bible says um, in Titus, it says the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. And so, so long as you see Jesus on a daily basis, you can see miracles on a daily basis. Praise God forevermore. So limiting yourself to an angel troubling the pool is a great limitation to seeing the miraculous. Amen to Jesus. All right, it says, and a certain man was there which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. 30 and 8 years. He had an infirmity for 38 years. Praise God forevermore. That means he, he was he was at this ship at this ship gate for the number of years that was even more than the years that Jesus lived. Praise God forevermore. He was there before Jesus was born. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, when Jesus saw him lie. I knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He said unto him, Will thou be made whole? It says, When Jesus saw him lie, and he knew that he had what? He had now a long time in that case. So it was obvious that Jesus had seen the guy time and again. Remember we said something, that Jesus came into Jerusalem for a feast. Now Jesus only came into Jerusalem when he had to come for a feast. That's the reason why when he was about coming for Lazarus time, they told him, ah, Jesus, they told him, but they want to kill you. And he said, if you walk in the day, you will not what? Stumble. He only came back into Jerusalem for feast. So for, at every time he came into Jerusalem for the feast, he saw this man. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the last feast he came, he saw this man. And this is the next feast, and he's seen the man again. And Jesus said he had been there for what? A long time. A long time. Now for Jesus to acknowledge that this man had been there for a long time, it meant that he had, he had, he had overspent his time there. He was long overdue for a what? For a miracle. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And it, the actual fact is that the man was long overdue for a miracle. And he also knew that he was long overdue for a miracle. But he had to wait for the seasonal operation of angel, of an angel for a miracle. And that is the greatest limitation of waiting for a seasonal operation of an angel for a miracle. Praise God forevermore. Now, God operates in seasons, but in the new creation, our seasons are when Christ is revealed to us. So the moment Christ is revealed to you in any area of life, your season has come. Are you getting what I'm saying? Your season has come. If Christ revealed to you in your finances, your season has come. So what matters is not the staring of the troubling of the, of the pool by the angel. It's the revelation of Christ that brings about our seasons. So we actually don't wait for seasons. We actually, we actually labor to enter into the revelation of Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? Let's use it this way. We wait on the revelation of Christ. When we get the revelation of Christ, the season automatically appears. But in, that, in the case of this man, he had to wait for the angel to trouble the water. So let me say this way. The season was dependent on the angel. Are you getting what I'm saying? Amen. But now our seasons are dependent on the revelation of Christ. And that's why we don't look for angelic appearances. We don't look for angelic. We've heard people who pray for angels. They want to see angels. No, no, no. That's a limited operation. If you see the angel today, where's the next time you're going to see him? Look at the way the man has to suffer for 38 years. Why? Because the angel comes in a season. So when he comes in that season, he, till the next season, before what happens, before he can, um, he can get 
the, 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 the pool troubled again. And then maybe he can, uh, other people come in before him, and then it became, becomes a matter of first confessor. So he has to wait for the angel to trouble the pool, and then before he can, people can get healed. But when the angel troubles, they wait for the next season when the angel is going to trouble. Are we together? But now, the beautiful thing about us is that we do not wait for an angel to trouble. All we do is to keep growing in the revelation of Christ. The Bible says um, the righteousness of God is revealed to us from what? From faith to faith. So as we grow in the revelation of Christ, what happens? We continuously enter into seasons and enjoy seasons. So the seasons are not time-based. The seasons are based on how much we keep knowing Jesus. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. So if you knew Jesus today, you entered into a season. If you continue tomorrow, you are in a season. If you continue next tomorrow, you are in a season. So if you just continue knowing Jesus, you just continue in seasons. Unlike these people who have to wait for the next season, we don't know maybe it's three months' time, when the angel will come and trouble. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's a blessing we enjoy today. Praise God forever. I remember when Jesus came, it was a season. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. All right, it says, it says, without be made whole, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Praise God. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Amen to Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right, so we are going to be looking at some things that are important to this miracle because every aspect of this study has something to inform us as regards what? This miracle. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So first, we are looking at the location of the miracle. The location of the miracle. Praise the Lord forevermore. The location of the miracle. Now, in the Bible, there is no careless or reckless information. Every information is vital and purposeful. Are we together? And that's one thing we need to keep into heart when we are going into Bible study. Now, in view of this truth, we'll begin the study with understanding the location of the miracle and the purpose it played in the what? In the miracle. Amen to Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. Now, the location of the miracle was a pool by the sheep market. It was what? A pool by the sheep market, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Amen. We see that um, in one of the verses here. Praise God forevermore. All right. Um, verse 2, it says, Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Having five porches. All right. Now, in, in, in the, so that was the location of the market and the location of the miracle. It was a pool the, um, of Bethesda that had what? Five what? Porches. Amen to Jesus. Uh, let's examine the following things that have to do with this location. Number one, the pool of Bethesda. Amen. Number two, the sheep market. And then number three, the five porches. The pool of Bethesda, the sheep market, and the what? Five porches. Um, today we're going to be looking at um, the sheep market. The sheep market. Praise God forevermore. We're going to be looking at the sheep market. Um, subsequently, we'll look at the pool of Bethesda, and also we'll look at the five porches as we go on. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Now, looking at um, the 
sheep market, the sheep market. Now the sheep market was a market where lambs were sold for the sacrifice in the temple. Amen to Jesus. So it was a market strictly for sacrificial animals. It was not a market for just general merchandising, buying and selling of um, of um, people, of animals, so um, like a general market. No, it was not a general market. It was a market that was specifically for the temple. Praise God forevermore. So it means that the animals that were sold here were not the everyday animals. Praise God forevermore. Now looking at um, when Jesus, when um, the Lord told Moses the animal to be used for the Passover, he specified, he said it was a lamb that was to be a year old and it was meant to be without blemish, spotless, which was symbolic forward for Jesus. Amen to Jesus. And also, another thing about that lamb was that it was young, so its bones were soft. They, it could be easily eaten. The bones could be eaten. Praise God. Because God told them every family must eat the lamb completely. Don't remain anything. Eat the whole lamb. The whole lamb. Consume it. Said if one family is too small to eat the whole lamb, they can share it with a neighbor. Amen to Jesus. But they must consume the whole lamb. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. Now, so it was just, it was a special kind of what? A special kind of market for animals meant for what? Men for the, sac the sacrifice in the temple. It was an enclosure for sheep and other animals designed for sacrifice outside the temple area on the east. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so that's what the sheep market was. That's um, uh, um, what it was. Now, although from various Bible scholars, the appropriate word to use here is the sheep gate, not the sheep market. Praise God forevermore. And actually, if you even go into further study, you discover that the word they used, sheep market, discover that it was actually meant to be the word sheep gate. And um, there are reasons for that. Amen to Jesus. We'll see that as we go on. Amen to Jesus. And the sheep gate was one of the gates that led into Jerusalem. It's mentioned in Nehemiah chapter 3, verse 1 um, and 32, and then Nehemiah chapter 12, verse 39. Now, there were 10 gates that led into Jerusalem. 10 gates. And the sheep gate was one of these 10 gates. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so it comes to be very vital information for this study. Amen. Now, this gate was adjacent to the temple. And it was named so because of the number of sheep introduced through it for the temple service. You understand what I'm saying? Now, so the sheep gate was just as adjacent to the temple and it was close to the sheep market. So the sheep market, from the sheep market, people introduce sheep through the sheep gate into what? Into the, into the temple. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Um, it was the gate that led into the temple from the what? From the sheep market. So there was only one gate that led into the temple from the sheep market. It was a sheep gate. Are we together? And so it was a very strategic gate. Very, very strategic gate. It's just straight from the sheep market through the sheep gate into what? Into the temple. Straight. You don't need to follow any corners. Now, there were 10 gates in Jerusalem that led into Jerusalem. And what were these gates? Number one, we had a sheep gate. There was a fish gate. 
there was an old gate, there was a valley gate, there was a dung gate, there was a fountain gate, there was a water gate, there was a house gate, there was an east gate, and there was an inspection gate. All of these gates led into Jerusalem. You know, there's kind of a map for the gates. Are you getting what I'm saying? And it just shows all these gates that are going to Jerusalem. Now, but the sheep gate was um, strategic because it was through it that sheep came into what? The temple. And it was at the east side of the temple. Very strategic to the what? To the temple. Praise God forevermore. Now, each gate had its own physical and um, practical function. Praise God forevermore. He had his own word, physical and practical function. Now, above all, they also have spiritual significance. Amen to Jesus. They also have what? Spiritual significance. The gates give us a better understanding of who Jesus is. Hallelujah to Jesus. They give us a better understanding of who Jesus is. Praise the Lord. That's what these gates give us. So, um, not in this study, but to trust God for a time to study these gates and how they symbolize Jesus. Jesus speaking, he said, he is the, he is the, he is the gate into the sheepfold. Praise God forevermore. You know, I remember somebody was saying something and said Jesus called himself a prophet. And you need to understand something. Um, many of the things Jesus said, Jesus spoke in parables and he spoke in um, what you call idiomatic expressions. In the Bible, are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus says, I am the sheep gate, I am the gate. So will you say he's now a gate? Are you getting what I'm saying? When he says I'm a good shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, will you say he's not a shepherd? Are you getting what I'm saying? He said the good shepherd lays down his life for you. You say he's a shepherd. And he said the prophet is without honor among his people, among his relatives, among his nation. Will you say he's not a prophet? No. He just used those as symbolic, you know, representations to point the different things and make us understand him in different dimensions. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, there are people who call Jesus a prophet. Some called him a teacher. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, in the fivefold ministry, we are prophet. We are teacher. Amen to Jesus. All right. So, if you call him a prophet, you call him a teacher. And um, what will you call him next? You call him an apostle. You call him what again? That's just a limitation. Praise God. Now, so, when we use such um, analogies, they are just some, you know, Symbolic ways to explain Jesus to us. But Jesus is not a gate. Jesus is not a shepherd. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is Yeshua, Hamashiach. He is God made flesh and dwelt amongst us. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So the, the gate gives us a better understanding of who Jesus is, his purpose, and what he has done for us. That's what these gates do for us. It does give us some more clarity, some more understanding on Jesus, who he is, and what he has done for us. Now, this is because everything in the, in the Bible from Old Testament to New Testament reveals Jesus. The whole Bible is a revelation of Jesus. And um, it takes right division of the word of truth to be able to see Jesus from the pages of scriptures. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so from Old Testament to New Testament, Christ is revealed, his purpose is revealed, and his finished work is also what? Revealed. In the Old Testament, they are concealed in shadows, they are concealed in types, and they are concealed in what? Symbols. Now, so when you go through the Old Testament, you see a lot of shadows, types, and symbols. Now, um, 
when Jesus was on earth, it was in the Old Testament that was operational. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, so Jesus spoke in types, in symbols, and in what? And in shadows still. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. Now, so we need to understand from this perspective what Jesus says. We need to understand the symbols, the types, the um, shadows for us to get a clearer picture of Jesus in the New Testament. Why in the New Testament Jesus is revealed in his person? Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now, so basically, when we look at uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which was when Jesus was actually walked the face of earth, um, praise God forevermore, we discover that. I usually call that the Mid Testament because it was the Old Testament operational, but the New Testament was made flesh. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yet to be enacted. The testator of the New Testament was, in, was operating here on earth, yet to enact what? The New Testament. So I usually call it the New, the Mid Testament. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so Jesus, when Jesus was on earth, thousands of years later, he always entered Jerusalem through the sheep gate except for the triumphant entry he always entered Jerusalem through the sheep gate through the sheep gate are we together always through the sheep gate always through the sheep gate amen to Jesus that's the gate he used it wasn't it was no coincidence that Jesus used only the sheep gate now there were there were nine other gates that he could have used amen should have made use of those other gates. There were other beautiful gates there. There was a fish gate. After all, he told Peter, I'll make you fish out of men. So there have been a beautiful gate to use. Um, there, was the, there was the inspection gate. There was the water gate. These were beautiful gates that I should have used. There was the horse gate. Amen. This is a beautiful gate. Maybe somebody may not like the dung gate. Because um, it has to do with poo. So maybe they may not like it. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. But they were, these were beautiful gates. There was the old gate. Jesus said, and we were taught not to remove the ancient landmark. So he would have used every of these other gates, but he chose only to use the what? The sheep gate. And it is no coincidence that he chose to use the sheep gate. The only time he didn't use the sheep gate was in his triumphant entry. And why was that so? Because the triumphant entry was a show of his second coming. I get what I'm saying. That was what the triumphant entry was. That was why he didn't come every other time. He walked in. He walked in. He trekked in. He moved in. I get what I'm saying. He walked in as the son of man. Amen. The son of God walking as the son of man. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah, Jesus. But the triumphant entry, he was not just coming in as the son of God, walking as the son of man. He was coming in as a symbolic show of the conquering king, which was what? His second coming. Bible says when he will come a second time with um, the angels in the cloud, not as a baby, but as a conquering king. So that was the reason why he did not he did not use the sheep gate in the second coming. He rather used what another gate. Amen. Because sorry, that's in 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 the, in the um, triumphant entry. He didn't use the sheep gate. He rather used another gate. Why? Because. It was what? A symbolic show of his what? Second coming. Now this gives reason why many Bible scholars believe that the right word to be used here is the sheep gate. In addition to the fact that it was one of the gates leading to the temple, as we earlier understood, it was adjacent to the temple. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. 
Now the sheep gate also led to Golgotha. Beautiful. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it was a very strategic gate. Now look at something very well. Jesus used the sheep gate every time he came to Jerusalem, except from the triumphant entry. Now coming into Jerusalem was a sheep gate. Coming out of Jerusalem was the sheep gate. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because his Golgotha was him leaving Jerusalem. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why when he came down, when he when when he was when he resurrected, just spent 40 days and he was left because he had already left Jerusalem. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God forevermore. Now, so the sheep gate, gate was the entry of his ministry, and it was also what the exit of his what of his ministry. It was the entry of Jesus' ministry, and it was the exit of Jesus' ministry. Very important gate. Praise God forevermore. So let me use the word. It was the beginning of his ministry, at the end of his what? Of his ministry. Glory to God forevermore. Now, so it makes us understand greatly why Bible scholars say it was a very important, um, it was a sheep gate that Jesus used. The sheep gate also, let, uh, so the, 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 um, G Jesus used the sheep gate for um, the beginning and the end of his ministry. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Okay. Now, so let's look at the sheep gate. Why the sheep gate? Why the sheep gate? Why the sheep gate? Why did uh, Jesus choose to use the sheep gate? We have seen that it was the beginning of his ministry and it was the end of his ministry. Praise God forevermore. He entered into Jerusalem with the sheep gate and he left Jerusalem with what? With the sheep gate. We've seen that and that is a very vital information for us. Amen to Jesus. Yeah. Now, so, but let's look further. Now, as earlier understood, it was the, it was the gate, it was um, the sheep gate that, introduced, that, that, that sheep were introduced into the temple with. Praise God forevermore. So it was a sacrifice gate. Amen to Jesus. Now, that gate was symbolic for sacrifice. Are you get what I'm saying? Now, so every time Jesus comes in, he makes them understand that I am coming to be sacrificed. Every time he comes into Jerusalem, he makes them understand I'm coming to be what? Sacrificed. That's the specific reason why he chose that gate. Praise God forevermore. Sheep were introduced through the sheep gate to be sacrificed in the temple. Primarily for what? The atonement of what? Of sin. That's the primary reason why sheep were introduced into the temple. Now, firstly, Jesus chose the sheep gate, among others, to let us know that he was a Passover lamb slain, that was a Passover lamb sacrificed from the foundation of the earth for the final and eternal atonement for sin and salvation of man. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, so Jesus chose that gate to make us understand specifically that he is the lamb. He's the final lamb. The final lamb that was slain for the what? Salvation of what? Our sins. For the atonement of our sins. Revelation 13 verse 8c says, The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now so every time Jesus came in, he was sent through the sheep gate into Jerusalem. He was telling them, this is the final lamb. This is the atonement lamb. Now, as they were going on, while Jesus was passing, definitely they would have been carrying some sheep inside, some lamb, into the temple for atonement. And Jesus would look at them and say, those are not the lamb. This is the lamb. This is the lamb. The lamb is coming. The lamb is passing. The, lamb, the real lamb is coming. But now, the people were more concentrated on the lambs they were carrying 
than the lamb that was entering. Are we together? And so they never understood. Well, I believe by, by right, Peter should have asked Peter the question here. Should have asked Jesus, why is it that every time we come into Jerusalem, you enter through the sheep gate? Peter was the questioner. He asked question, Jesus, now that I have left father, mother, brother, sister to follow you, what do we stand to gain? Jesus said, okay, nice question. And he replied him. Peter asked such a question. Peter said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me come. Jesus said, come. So he always had a question to ask. But why did he not ask Jesus? Jesus, why is the only sheep gate? Jesus, there are ten gates. Why are you choosing only sheep gate? The reason is not far-fetched. When Jesus told him, I'm about to die, he began to rebuke Jesus. Because for him, he never saw Jesus as a lamb that was to be slain. So even when Jesus was passing that gate to pass a message across to them, they never could understand. Are you getting what I'm saying? And till date, people don't still understand that the lamb has passed. The lamb has passed. He has entered the holies of all in Golgotha. And he has been slain for the final atonement for sins. They don't still understand. And that's why many people are still looking for lambs to slay for the atonement of their sins. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. John chapter 1 verse 29. It says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Glory to God forevermore. Amen. Now so John the Baptist introduced Jesus as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the of the world. That was how he introduced Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so it was clear from the introduction of Jesus why Jesus, it was clear from the introduction that John gave of Jesus why Jesus always used what? The sheep gate. But people could not understand the revelation that John was giving. And so when Jesus took a physical step, to reveal to them what John was trying to reveal to them, they couldn't see get the, the whole revelation. Are we together? Yes. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And so that's the reason why we need to always see beyond the act and see into the reason for the act. It was not just a ritual that Jesus gave himself to only follow the sheep gate. Are you getting what I'm saying? It was more than that. Glory to God forevermore. And 1 Corinthians 5, verse 7 says, Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And then Hebrews 9, verse 12 makes us understand clearly. It says, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, so Jesus passed through the sheep gate, making us to understand that I am coming to obtain eternal redemption with my own blood. I like this verse of scripture because it makes us understand 
what was happening when they were taking the lambs through the sheep gates and what was happening when Jesus was passing through the sheep gate. He says, neither by the blood of goats and calves. Every time goats and calves, you see, in, in the Old Testament, there were three levels of, um, of um, atonement animals. And they were actually the acts of, you know, worship that you could give. There was a large, the medium, and the small. The large, for those in the large, they kept a bullock, a bull, are you getting what I'm saying? And they sacrifice a bull for the atonement of their sin. Those in the medium, they take a, a ram, they take a, 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 a lamb, are you getting what I'm saying? And those in the small, they take a total dove, are you getting me? And every of these, God allowed for it because everybody was to atone for sin, no matter your level. You see, um, one of the beautiful things about the operations of God is that atonement was to cut across everybody. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then when he talks about the Passover, he said every family should have a lamb. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then if as a family you cannot consume a lamb alone, share with your neighbor. So in other words, if you as a family, you cannot afford a lamb. Are you getting what I'm saying? There should be another family that can also not afford a lamb. And two of you can join together and buy a lamb and eat it together. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. God cut, atonement cuts across everybody. And see, God gave provision for the high class, the medium class, and the low class. But the beautiful thing about Jesus the Lamb is that he cuts across all. That's the beautiful thing about Jesus the Lamb. He cuts across all. He cuts across the high, the medium, and the low. Now, so there was a blood that cut across all of humanity. That's why the blood of Jesus was an atonement for the Caucasian. It was an atonement for the monoloid. It was an atonement for the Negro. It was an atonement for the Caucasoid. Every, every, every um, race and tribe, the blood of Jesus atoned for it. So when he was walking through the sheep gate, he was trying to make them understand that you, this, these animals you take it every now and then. They are not the atonement. They are shadows of the atonement. I am the real atonement. These are just shadows of the real atonement. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And by his blood, he obtained eternal redemption. So the sheep gate reveals to us the entry of Jesus in his ministry of atonement and the exit of Jesus in his ministry of atonement. Now he came in to atone and went out to atone. He came into the sheep gate into Jerusalem and the same sheep gate leads into Golgotha. So the sheep gate was all about the atonement work of Jesus. That's what the sheep gate was all about. The atonement work of Jesus. But that's why Jesus never followed any other gate in. All through. Except triumphant entry. Every time he came into Jerusalem in the ministry of what? God made flesh to die for man. Every time he came into Jerusalem with the ministry of redemption, he followed the sheep gate. When he entered into Jerusalem with the ministry, with the rev trying to um, reveal to us his second coming, he followed another gate. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so the sheep gate reveals to us 
the atoning sacrifice of Jesus. So he intentionally followed only that gate, so he will pass a message across to all and also keep himself reminded that I came to die for the sin of humanity. I didn't come for funfair. I didn't just come to heal the sick and open blind eyes and raise the dead. No, I came to die for the sins of humanity. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. So the sheep gate reveals to us that eternal salvation came through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross for man. That's what the sheep gate reveals to us. That eternal salvation came through Jesus' what? Sacrificial death on the cross for man. When Jesus passed the sheep gate and he saw the sick man who had been at the gate for long, 38 years, he did not hesitate to do what? To extend his healing power to him. Why? Jesus did this to reveal that he came to heal mankind of our spiritual and physical infirmities. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And what are spiritual and physical infirmities? Hamatia. Sin. So every time Jesus went through the sheep gate, he came to reveal to us that he came to heal us of our spiritual and physical infirmity, which was what? Sin. So when he saw the man that was sick for 38 years, he extended, if you look at something there, he asked the man a question, and the man was answering another thing. But because he was on a mission to reveal something, he ignored the man's answer and enforced his mercy on the man. Why? Because this healing was not just about a sick body to be healed, but the revelation of what? The mercy of God, which came to what? Heal man of the sickness called sin. So this healing was all about the healing of sin, not just the healing of the body. As I said, Jesus healed one and said, go and sin no more. Why? Because he knew, he told, he told, he, 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 he told the other man, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And he began to complain and murmur. And they were like, oh, why would he say your sins are forgiven you? Blah, 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 blah. And he said, okay, the son of man, which one is easier? To say, rise up, take up your bed, walk. And to say, your sins are forgiven you. This is just to tell you that the son of man has the power to what? To forgive sin. Now, every time Jesus did a miracle, people saw it as the healing of a body. But it was actually together as the healing of the soul and the spirit. So they always, this, this is the reason why even the church today, we're having a challenge. Our challenge is that when we think of miracles, we're really limited to the healing of our body and our mind. Are you getting what I'm saying? So our, maybe the provision of some things we need. But the intent of Jesus for miracle is the healing of the spirit from the sickness called sin. Miracle is all about atonement. This third miracle, Revealed the greatest revelation of what the miraculous is all about. Passing through the sheep gate, revealing to us that he's a sacrificial lamb. And healing this man, even when the man was seeking, saying, answering something way out of what he was saying. It was a revelation that Jesus' definition of healing is not about the body that is sick that was healed. Are you getting what I'm saying? The mind that was sick that is healed. But it's about the healing for the spirit man, which is what? Salvation. 
So this third miracle was a revelation of salvation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Not just a healing of a physical body. And that's the reason why, even though the man was not given the appropriate answer, he still went ahead to heal. And it was no coincidence that this miracle was recorded at the what? The sheep gate. If Jesus came into Jerusalem through the sheep gate every time he came in, why was this miracle specifically pinpointed at the sheep gate? Why did, why did, they, why, why did they actually talk about the sheep gate in this miracle? Because this miracle was beyond just the healing of the man's body. This miracle was about the healing of the man's spirit. It was a miracle that was to reveal salvation. Just the same way throughout the Old Testament, there was no blind eye that was open. It was only Jesus that came and opened a blind eye for the first time. Read through your Bible. Why? Because it was a prophetic and a symbolic revelation of what was prophesied in Isaiah. The people that have dwelt in darkness have seen a great light. And they in the valley of shadow of death, light is sprung forth. And that speaks of spiritual blindness. And it spanned for a period of 400, 400 years, which was the dark ages, from Malachi down to Matthew when Jesus came. And so Jesus comes and open blind eyes to reveal to them that there's people that dwelt in darkness have seen what? A great light. You know, when you take in darkness, Everywhere is thick dark. Even if your eye is working, it's as good as it's not working. Are you get what I'm saying? And that was what Jesus opened the blind eye to reveal. We must understand what Jesus reveals in his miracles. Because the purpose of the see the purpose of this study, miracles of Jesus. How can you explain? You have, we studied two miracles, just two miracles in six months. Just two miracles in six months. Because we have just taken miracles as, oh, open blind eyes, uh, he the sick, and we have just taken it as that. And we don't understand the purpose behind the miracles. And the most important thing is that we understand the purpose behind the miracle. Because without the understanding of the purpose behind the miracle, we would not be able to lay hold on the miracle. And that's why we have more miracle seekers in church without a revelation. Why? Because they came for their bodies to be healed, but they don't understand the revelation behind the healing of the body. Oh, Jesus healed the man that was sick 38 years. We have preached this for, for years, but what was the secret behind this? Why did he heal this man? The sheep gate explains to us why he healed this man. And this was not a miracle for the healing of a body. This was a miracle for the healing of the spirit. This was a miracle that revealed God's great salvation plan. This was a miracle that revealed Jesus as the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth for the atonement of our sin. This miracle is just beyond healing of the body. It is what? Healing of the spirit. And if this man had understood, he shouldn't have started answering the things he was answering. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. And this miracle is very important. It's no coincidence that it comes as the third miracle because it reveals, it reveals Christ, the atonement lamb. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? The first miracle, we understood a lot of that it revealed. The second miracle, we understood a lot that it revealed. Praise God forevermore. This miracle is very important because it reveals Christ the atonement lamb. 
for the atonement of our sins. This miracle is a miracle that reveals salvation. And so, everyone who reads this miracle should think beyond a 38 years sickness. Should think beyond a body, a, a, an angel that's troubled the pool. We understood seasons, we just spoke about that quickly and everything that. Should think beyond all these plenty things. You know, there were so many dramas, so many, so many things around this miracle. These things were meant to point us to the real thing behind the miracle. It was a sheep gate. And the sheep gate was symbolic for what? The lamb that was slain for the salvation of our sins. This miracle is a miracle of salvation, a miracle of redemption. And if we can grab this miracle, I tell you, we don't need to pray concerning our bodies. Because once the revelation of <laughs> salvation, soteria, sozo, which means deliverance, healing, prosperity, once it becomes our reality, our bodies we are lying. The reason why we have a lot of seeker sensitive Christians today in church, the reason why a lot of people are still pursuing miracles is because we don't understand the sheep gate in this miracle. So we are looking for the healing of our bodies, but we are not understanding the mystery of the sheep gate here. Once you understand this mystery, it's simple. Your body we are lying to it. Once you understand it, everything about your life, you are lying to it. Tonight, we have understood what the sheep gate is all about. And its pivotal role it played in this miracle. At this juncture, having understood it's all about redemption. By the sound of my voice, you've not made Jesus a Lord and personal savior. That's the first decision to make. Because this is not about the healing of a body. It's about the healing of the spirit. You want to make this prayer? Say it after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. I know that I'm a sinner. With my heart, I believe, and my mouth, I confess that I am my Lord and personal Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And I pray for everyone who has made this prayer. Thank you for accepting them in the beloved and granting them the grace to serve and follow you the days of their life in the name of Jesus. We're going to be praying one prayer. And the prayer is, Lord, let the revelation of the sheep gates be made real in my life. We are praying that prayer tonight. Father, we ask. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Kami Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number 033-154-551-2013. Swift code M. B. G. H. G. H. A. C. To give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to Ecobank Nigeria. Account number 554-102-0592. Also, for further enquiries, you can call us on Plus two three three five four five nine four seven one three two. Or send us an email via Chimdiohahuna Ministry at gmail.com. Today, remain ever blessed.
we believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord.